Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. If there was a fully effective cure for all cancer, wouldn't you agree that it would be closely guarded? It would not be diluted, changed in any way. It would not be kept away from those who need it. It would be out there. It would be available. It would be great news because so many people suffer with the dreaded C word and many die. Well, we all, I want to emphasize that word all, we all have terminal spiritual cancer. And we are all in trouble. The scriptures tell us that all have sinned and fallen short of the mark of God's glory. And the scriptures tell us that that sin has separated us from Almighty God and that it has brought us under His judgment. Those are not popular words today, but they are so true. And yet, there is a 100% fully effective cure for that spiritual cancer. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word gospel means good news. It's the good news of Jesus and what he did for us. The Apostle Paul had much to say about the gospels in his various letters that he wrote. For example, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That verse is so packed full of good news. The gospel is powerful. It is powerful and effective for salvation. It is for everyone who believes. And, and and that would include all ethnicities. No one is left out uh, eth- from an ethnic uh, background. So what a powerful verse that is. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, Paul defines the gospel at some level. He says, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Here it is. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. There it is. Christ died, was buried, and was raised the third day according to the scriptures. One scripture that comes to mind, and this obviously is referring to the Old Testament scriptures. One of those is Isaiah chapter 53, where we're told that the sinless Christ took our sins, became our substitute, died in our place, fully satisfied Almighty God, and our spiritual healing is uh, in Christ. And that is all there in the scriptures in Isaiah 53. Paul also tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, a very, very well-known passage. He says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. 
Here, Paul says that salvation comes to us by grace. Grace is the unmerited, unearned favor of Almighty God. It comes as we exercise faith in, in what Jesus has done. And he says all of that is a gift. Even the faith that we exercise in in Jesus is a gift. And just to make it clear, verse 9 says, not of works. There's no works involved. This is a salvation by grace alone. No works involved. And then in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, Paul writing to the Galatians, he, he, was, he was really upset when he wrote this letter, and he was upset for a reason. Listen, he said, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed or to be literally cut off. Cut off. Wow. Paul said there is no other gospel other than the gospel that I've preached to you, that I've laid out, the one that I just defined to you from the writings of Paul and in other letters. He said no other gospel. In If anybody, even an angel from heaven, even an angel from heaven would come and preach any other gospel, they're to be accursed, cut off. That's strong language. In one of his latest letters, uh, the, um, the letter of Philippians, Uh, This was written in uh, the time when Paul was in a Roman prison nearing the end of his life. Paul, in that letter, was still talking about the gospel. The word gospel is used eight times in this short four-chapter book. So after he gave his greeting to the Philippian church in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 1, Here's how Paul started his letter in verses 3 through 7. Listen to what the Word of God says. Paul said, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of grace with me. Paul said to the Philippian believers, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the fact that you have joined me in in the participation in the in the common sharing in the gospel from the very first day way back there when he was in the Philippian jail him and Silas and they were uh, beaten and put in jail and then released and the Philippian jailer was saved and the church at, at Philippi started from that very first day until now near the end of Paul's life he said you have shared with me in the gospel and I'm confident that what God began in you. He will finish it. He'll perfect it till the day of Jesus Christ. You're in my heart. You are all partakers of grace with 
me. So Paul started this letter off. It was all about the gospel. And as I said a few minutes ago, throughout this little four-chapter letter, Paul uh, mentioned the word gospel no less than eight times. So as Paul gets to the middle of this letter of Philippians, he issues a very stern warning. In chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, he says this, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumcision, for we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. So Paul said, it's no problem for me to write the same things to you. At some point in the past, he had taught these things. uh, And he said, it's no trouble for me to do it. And it's a safeguard for you. I'm going to do it. So he begins by saying, beware of the dogs. This is a term of, it, it would indicate danger to them. You know, today dogs are beautiful pets and we love them. But in those days, they roamed the streets wild and they were scavengers and they could be dangerous. And so when someone in those days was called a dog, it was not a compliment. I'll tell you that. And he said, these people are dogs. They're evil workers. In other words, they're self-righteous workers of the false circumcision. Now, you understand circumcision. The, the, the word for circumcision was to cut around. But in this case, this word meant to cut off. These are false mutilators. They're mutilating the gospel as they are telling you. They're Judaizers. They're saying you have to be circumcised to be saved. They were adding works to the gospel of grace. And Paul said they're evil, they're false, they're dogs, they're scavengers, they're hurting people, they're coming after people. But then in verse 3, he gave a contrast. He said, but we are the true circumcision, and he gives three three uh, characteristics of the of the true circumcision. He says, we are the ones that worship in the Spirit of God. In the inner man, we worship God. And we glory in Christ Jesus. Everything revolves around Christ and all that he did. Nothing more, nothing less. We glory only in Christ Jesus. And we put no, the third one is we put no confidence in the flesh. That's what the true circumcision is. That's what the true gospel is. It's it's what happens in the inner man, in the spirit, worshiping God. It is all about giving glory to Jesus. It is everything is around the cross and the work of Jesus on the cross. And it is no confidence in the flesh. There's no adding to the gospel of of grace. And so Paul was very, very clear about that. And then over in verses 18 and 19, he comes back to this warning when he says, For many walk, uh, live their life, of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. He says these people are enemies of the cross. They're not preaching the true cross, the true gospel. They're actually enemies of the cross of Christ. And then in verse 19, he lists four characteristics of these enemies. He says, whose end is destruction. In other words, they will end up separated from God forever. It's, destruction is not, does not mean that they will be annihilated, but rather their destruction is forever separation from, from, from God because they, they ignored and kept away from the true gospel. 
they shun the true gospel. And then the second characteristics is whose God is their appetite. In other words, they're just all about what they can gain and get out of life. There's a term, a long word, it's antinomianism. Uh, and that was one of the false doctrines that's going around. Now because of grace, I can just do whatever I want. I can live any way I want. It's all about me, me, me. Uh, their, God, the, their God is their appetite. More, more, give me more. And then it says whose glory is in their shame. And man, we could talk about that. People who, um, they're not only living for themselves, but they're doing it and they're boasting about it. It's shameful things, just like today. Shameful sin has got a new word. And, and, and people boast in their shame. Their glory is in their shame. And finally, the fourth characteristic is who set their minds on earthly things. They can't think beyond this earth. It's live for today. It's, it's all about me. It's self-centered. And, and Paul said, these are the evil workers. So, to wrap it up uh, on this particular podcast, the gospel is awesome, it's powerful, it's effective, it is the only cure for sin, but we must always be on guard. We must take this warning seriously. We can't allow, and in, in today, even in evangelicalism, the gospel is being watered down, the gospel is being uh, diluted and changed and added to very subtly, and people... It's just like putting a frog in cold water and heating them up slowly and boiling them to death. That's what is happening in evangelicalism with the gospel. And there is a warning that's to be sounded right now for all of us to hear from the Word of God. Always guard the true gospel of grace. It is by Jesus alone, through Jesus alone, uh, by His grace alone, through faith. It is His gift. It is the true gospel and the one and only way to God. Well, with that said, I'm going to wrap this podcast up and look forward to talking more about Philippians chapter 3 on the next podcast. Until then, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.